Hello, my friends. One of our past guests, Mike Anderson, the founder and CTO at Telium, he deployed Leaderbits back in April to his leaders, and he's having tremendous amounts of success, and he's referring us to new customers and investors. So a special thank you and a special shout out to Mike for helping us spread the word. If you want better leaders faster, then send an email to your HR or learning development team and tell them that you want your leaders taking action with Leaderbits. Now, get excited because today we are talking to Michael Smith, the CIO of Estee Lauder, and we discuss innovation within your brand, how to get the most out of your executive team, and what you can learn from a reverse mentor relationship. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. How are you, my friend? Good. Good to see you. Where are you calling in from? Uh, I'm at uh, Long Island City uh, in our uh, nice. new uh, tech and innovation hub. Ooh, like a new building? A new building, yeah. We've been in here, I want to say October was when we moved in. And, uh, uh, you know, we were in Long Island City before Amazon ever started talking about it or left. But uh, we're, uh, we're excited to be here. Uh, JetBlue is in the same building as us. Oh, really? I love their flights. Like I'm on East Coast, I'm in Florida, so getting up and down the East Coast, like if if you can get a JetBlue flight, that's like the first one you try. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, you know, they. Uh, I I go back to the West Coast fairly often. My family's still back there, and uh, the nice thing about JetBlue is they offer a, a 9:30 flight out, so uh, you can stay in the office Friday till 6:15, 6:30, and and still make the flight. Still make it back. Yeah, and the time shift isn't that bad, right? Probably get a midnight, right? Yep. One AM exactly. like that. Right. Yeah. Yep. Those direct flights are awesome. So I'm real excited because when we started talking about this, like having this interview and this idea, like for me, Estee Lauder is like a it's a makeup style brand. Like that's just for better or for worse, that's what's in my head. But every company these days has to be a technology company, right? Absolutely. It has to be building stuff, has to be deploying products. So I'm normally I like to talk about like how you fell in love with technology, but I'm just so interested <laughs> in what happens. Uh, like what is the technology landscape at Estee Lauder look like? Uh, well, um, yeah, to, well, first of all, we, yes, we are. Uh, I think every company is a technology company these days. Um, and, uh, and we are more than just a, a makeup a makeup company. I know. <laughs> you know, we, we are a prestige beauty company and, uh, you know, we have 30 brands. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, whether it's Mac or Tom Ford or La Mer or Clinique or Origins, you know, the list goes, uh, list goes on and on. And, you know, we're in, uh, we're in everything from skincare to, uh, to, to, to makeup to, uh, uh, to hair, uh, and across makeup, you know, it's everything from lip to eye to foundations. And, um, yeah. And it's, uh, uh, you know, we believe we're the, um, uh, well, we are the number one prestige beauty company in the world. Uh, Deloitte just talked about us as the second largest luxury company in the world. And, uh, and we, we believe we're the best diversified, uh, pure play in the industry because of all the brands we have, all the markets mm -hmm. we play in. We're, we're not the company that uh, probably a lot of people think 
we are. We're not the company I thought we were when I first got my first got a call, right? But yeah. uh, uh, but yes, back to your technology question. Uh, consumers right now um, are expecting to be able to interact with brands and in, in uh, not just in our industry, but I, but I do believe particularly in our industry, expecting to be able to use technology to interact with brands in a very different way. And um, you know, it we can do that. For us, that means a lot of different things. Uh, obviously, just that seamless uh, experience between social, uh, whether you're dealing with us on social, online, um, on your phone, in a store, uh, in one of our partner stores, uh, that we can create that seamless experience. But it's also once you get in the store, uh, you know, being able to do virtual try-on with makeup, as an example, uh, being able yeah. to find that perfect shade. Um, you know, it's, it, it really is for us about creating that luxury experience of uh, really of the future of tomorrow. Because And the technology's there. Have you seen the Snapchat filters? Like you can do it today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, and then obviously there's a, there's a huge personalization play as well. Just how do you, um, you know, one of our goals is to be the most inclusive beauty company in the world. And, um, and nothing's more inclusive. Nobody feels like belonging more than when you can personalize it for them and personalize mm. the experience, personalize the product, uh, personalize the shade. I mean, shade is a very personal thing. And this is something that obviously is not really the target consumer for, <laughs> for makeup. Uh, it's something that it took me a while to understand, but it's a very personal thing. Why, why have five shades when you can have thousands, you know, why, right. uh, it's a, uh, the, the opportunity for what we can do with technology is in this space is huge. And I, I think untapped. And, and it's an okay topic of conversation. And here's why, because as we're talking about this, what's going yeah. through my head is engineering the machine that's going to allow me to say, do a color wheel or a photo detection and actually get my own shade. That's like custom for me. You know, there's some incredible algorithms out there that we own that right? can tell you exactly what your perfect shade is. Now that's cool. Now that that's, also, the other thing that's very cool is that while I was limited in my knowledge of exactly what the company did as, as far as like breadth of services and brands, the one thing that I knew is when I heard that name, Estee or Estee Lauder, like it was synonymous with like high quality, right? And then, so I was excited because I saw in your history that you were at Nike for a long time and yes. they, they have done an incredible job branding, right? Like people love Nike. And I find that high quality brands behind them are high quality people. And so for me, it's interesting when I watch people move from uh, high quality brands to high quality brands, I'm like, I want to know, I want to know more about those humans behind those companies, because they're usually super high quality people. Now, like the technology, so you're are you actively building these personalization? Like, what does that look like now? What's the what's the coolest tech you guys have today that's like public and we can talk about it? That's public and I can talk about. Oh, or wow. if you can't uh, talk about it, we can do that. We can edit the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I probably shouldn't go. Probably shouldn't go go there. I yeah. Can I? I, I want to talk about the high quality thing for a second. Okay. Can yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I, obviously, company uh, great companies are about great great people and uh and we we have phenomenal people here uh there were phenomenal people at nike as well um i i also think great companies that have great brands are also there's two things that um 
two other qualities I believe that are consistent about them. They're usually consumer obsessed and innovations in their DNA. And I can draw that correlation between these, these two companies. It's a big part of why I, uh, why I wanted to be here because uh, at the end of the day, if you're, you can be a great marketer, but if you don't have great products that are really innovating, then, then it's, it's not going to last, not going to last. And, um, but coming back to, to, to great uh, things that are out there, I, I, I'm, you know, one of the things that, um, I did mention the virtual triome, but we have uh, a number of different, uh, versions of that. There are, are stores that you can go into with uh, Tom Ford where you can actually, as you look into the mirror, record your entire, um, record your entire uh, experience and, um, and then send that off. Um, you know, because what will happen is somebody will go in, they'll get a set of services and then they won't be able to recreate, um, you know, what that makeup artist did. And so uh, this allows you to record that send it to yourself, share it with your friends, be able to pull that back at, at, at any time. And uh, we're really seeing a lot of interest and use and adoption of, of that services, driving a lot of traffic. Now, how do you provide services to all the brands? Do, is it like one technology center and you have teams per brand? Like how do you innovate within the brand? Like why does Tom Ford have that and maybe Mac doesn't? Well, we are a brand led company. And uh, it really starts, it starts with the brands in terms of the consumers that they target, the, mm. the, uh, the, what they want to stand for, the messages that they stand for, even their philanthropic efforts are, um, you know, unique to the brand like Mac, for instance, Mac has the AIDS fund. And in fact, it's the largest non-pharma AIDS fund in the, in the world. And, and La Mer is about blue oceans and clean water and, uh, you know, the list goes on, on and on, but th this is unique to the brand. The challenge that I think you're touching on is as a, as an IT organization, a technology organization, we have to support all of that. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> one of the, one of the transformations we, we made when I, uh, when I arrived is we went from being really organized around technology to organized around our business partners to, uh, because we were, we're running in a very centralized way, but that, yet that's not how the company runs. And so we needed that agility. And so we are organized around uh, teams that support brands. We have teams that support regions and we have teams that support functions. And, uh, you know, key groups like enterprise architecture and some of our development operations and innovation sit under those as uh, shared services. And, um, you know, we, we're, we're standing up um, innovation labs that can be a resource to the brands um, and you know we provide innovation as a service we also provide it as uh, you know just a platform that you can come in you can use data sets you can use tools uh, tap into expertise uh, because innovation happens everywhere and you know if you try to centralize that too much it'll never it won't be successful yeah it's like the opposite like <laughs> how do we centralize innovation and like make it incredibly repeatable it's it's yeah. interesting to have a conversation, right? It, it really is. And, and it's funny how many companies try to go down that path. Um, but uh, it seems, I mean, it seems common sense to me that that's not the way to go. But <laughs> So your first priority as you onboarded into Estee Lauder, where was your mind? Like, where was your focus right away? My first thing was to get to know this business. Um, I, you know, 
I, I came in here with uh, a mix of backgrounds, pharma, so had the manufacturing, uh, FDA, regulatory, uh, the, the, the science component, research and development at Nike for 22 years, uh, really understood uh, consumers, innovation, marketing, brand management, retail, uh, understood a lot of the journey, but I didn't know prestige beauty. And uh, it doesn't matter if you have all these other things. Uh, I, I told uh, uh, a couple of people when I was interviewing even, I said, I, I think the difference between uh, whether I'll be a good C CIO or a great CIO is, is understanding the nuances of the prestige beauty business and understanding that consumer and why this business is important. And so uh, that, was, that was really my focus. And I was very fortunate in the first couple of weeks uh, uh, to sit in some brand innovation meetings uh, where they were talking about innovation around their product and innovation around how they're going to go to market. And that's, that's, that was one very informative but it also created for me for the first time that connection to the brands and really understanding um, what it means to be in the beauty business and how it can impact people and uh, just how dynamic and uh, exciting it, it is. And then, you know, I, I knew that from a, I knew that from a uh, company growth standpoint, I mean, you, you could, you could look at our company and see the trajectory we're on and year over year, quarter over quarter. Uh, but, but to actually connect with the, the, the brands, uh, that was, that was really, I was fortunate to have that experience in the first, first couple of weeks. Yeah. I like what you said, because it triggered like people like to like to look good. And like, when you look good, you feel good, right? Like I definitely <laughs> feel different based on the clothes I wear. Right. Yeah. And so you, I didn't realize that there's actually like that makeup industry or this, this, um, prestige beauty industry, has the ability to actually make like millions of people feel awesome. Yeah. Confident. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It gives you confidence, right? It, actually it can make you feel multiple different ways, but we'll only talk about confidence on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so right. just give me some context. How many people are in technology, like within your IT organization? Um, we, we have several hundred people. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not massive. I'd say we're lean and we're lean and mean, and uh, and we have a lot of part. We have a lot of partners uh, with us as well. So, on a personal note, I'm learning the difference like between clients and partners, and it's the relationship, <laughs> and it's yeah. really interesting because when you have partners, that's like a much deeper connection as far as like business dependencies than just hiring an outside company to do some service for you. So I'm, I'm young, right? Like I'm 31. And so I'm, I'm new to this world, but I'm really understanding that, that the partner thing is way, I like it better. I like uh, partners because yeah. you get to do business with them and it's, it's more fun. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's hard to find a good partner though. It's not, yes. uh, you know, it, because I, I do think most people default to what's the commercial transaction, what's the vendor transaction uh, versus stepping back and really looking at the, uh, um, you know, at, at, at the bigger picture. One of the great lessons uh, I learned was uh, when I was working for a CIO, he created a technology leadership forum where he brought in the biggest players and said, we're no longer going to be in the center um, as, as the client uh, or the customer 
doing a hub and spoke relationship. We're going to get you all in a room together and we're going to, we're going to sign a multidimensional NDA and we're going to build a plan on how to move our company forward together. And it, it was the most uh, incredible thing I've, I've seen. And it was very impactful. Who did this? Um, that was Roland Poniker, actually. I don't know if you ever met Roland, but uh, he was oh. CIO at Nike at the time. Is he still active in business? He's not. He's he's retired. He uh, he did his uh, brief stint at Levi's, and then uh, and then he said it's time. His his kids went off to college, and yeah. uh, and uh, he said it's time for he and his wife to explore the world. So, nice. He, oh, yeah. Dude, no. Kudos to him. Right. It's like okay. You can't. <laughs> You do yeah, amazing okay. contributions throughout your career, and then you say you're going to go do your exploring. Now it's just like you just say thank you and have fun, right? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> yeah, that, I bet you he's a wealth of of knowledge. He is. He is. Yeah. So what what are you personally like most excited about right now? Uh, wow, uh, what is there not to be excited about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, it, Seriously, I I, uh, I have this amazing job. Uh, we are working on pretty incredible uh, programs and projects to uh, you know focused on growth in our business, focused on uh, greater consumer connections. Um, you know, I'm I'm at a company where I can actually um, invest in innovation, and um, you know, there's some exciting things out there with analytics uh, that we believe we can take it to the next level. You know, I've got a great team. It's hard not to be excited on the, you know, really on the professional professional front. It's hard not to be excited. I, I feel like I got a, a dream a dream job. So yeah, me too. <laughs> I love it. No, I like I like your 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 long list of reasons why you're excited. So I'm curious to know what what your what your close team looks like. Like, what type of people do you have? I'm assuming that you've got about five to seven people that report directly to you, but what type of, of roles are those? Yeah, I actually, I actually have uh, uh, nine direct reports at okay. the moment. And uh, it's, a, it's a mix of people that have been here for a while and, and some newer, newer folks. Uh, broad range of different industries, uh, 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 broad range of cultural experiences, professional experiences. Uh, it's a pretty diverse team. Um, you know, uh, I, I have, uh, if you just think about it in broad terms, uh, I have somebody responsible for the brands, somebody responsible for regions, somebody responsible for functions. Um, uh, the CISO uh, reports into me. Super important uh, these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, um, and then enterprise architecture, uh, operations and strategy, and then uh, our development and tech ops area. And we're, we're really in that shift uh, into a true agile uh, environment. Um, we started that journey. We're, we're really closing out our first year of our three-year strategy. Um, oh, cool. And so we're in that, that place of uh, shifting to agile, shifting to a true products and platforms uh, approach, particularly as, as you're more consumer facing, where we're, uh, we're moving from a, a buy and integrate strategy to more of a, a build uh, when you're closer to the to the consumer and oh yeah for sure yeah and, I know what you're talking about right now if yeah. you can deploy directly to the consumer yeah. yeah yeah and then of course we're making the like everybody else making the making the shift to the to cloud and getting out of uh, you know kind of our own prim 
uh, yeah. data centers. Yeah, I like that. That's an interesting, this is what I like about talking to everybody so differently is everyone's uh, structure is just slightly different based on the nuances of their business. Exactly. So I always laugh when people ask me like, what's the roles and responsibilities of the CTO or CIO? I'm like, well, what business is it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, um, I, you know, there, there's maybe four or five major frameworks, but to your point of how you apply them has to, has to be unique to, to the business. And I, I would say in my major roles at Nike and, and pharma and then here, um, uh, it's been it's been a different it's been a different model every every time. I'm curious to know on your LinkedIn, right? It says in your bio it says committed to a legacy of building leaders, high performing teams that transform industries. So that seem you seem super passionate about that. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, um, <laughs> it really it really is it really is my it really is my passion. I. Um, more than anything, um, I want to impact people. It's, it's really the only thing I think that that ultimately uh, ultimately matters. And uh, one of the things I like about this job this job is um, is really a couple of dimensions. I, I, I we've talked a lot about consumers. That that's one part of, one reason I love um, consumer driven companies is because you can impact lives of consumers in a in a positive way and. Um, that is so consistent with the values of this company going all the way back to, uh, to Mrs. Estee Lauder. And, um, you know, but you also get to impact employees and, um, you know, the opportunity to invest in people and to, um, it, you know, majority of us spend, majority of us spend the majority of our time at work. And one of the most influential people can be the person you work for because they can, they can make your life miserable or they can make it fun and exciting and interesting. And, you know, the work we do in technology is hard, but it's also super interesting. And I just want to, I want to be able to amplify that for people. I want people to, I, I talk about, um, one of the things I talk about a lot is a culture of joy. And, uh, and it's, it's because it, it means a lot to me. And it's, um, the word joy is, um, if you break it up, it's, it's, it, it means a sense of achievement and a sense of well-being. And I want to create that sense of well-being for people that they know. Uh, one, I want to be at a company that takes care of their employees, um, you know, that, that, that pays fairly, that provides great benefits, that uh, ensures their safety and, um, and ensures long-term uh, well-being. But, but also that as a, as a leader or a manager of people that you have, a ch you have their back, right? Because that's where innovation is going to come from is when people feel confident that they can take a take a risk that they, uh, um, you know, that, that there's that opportunity, uh, that opportunity. And then the sense of achievement is, you know, I think we're all wired to accomplish something and we all find there, that, that feeling you get when you, and so just being at a place where you can drive to, to actually accomplish things that, that matter. And, uh, so, um, that's what, that's what motivates me. And that's, that's why I want to, um, you know, I want to be here. I want to have a chance to, to challenge people, to inspire people and, uh, have them do more. So right. I, I, I know yeah. I rambled a little bit. No, it was, I, it was beautiful and poetic. Thank you. No, like th this is, this is what it's all about, right? Because your unique perspective on like 
who you are and, and how you grow your teams and, and lead and what's driving you. I mean, this is, uh, this is like the raw, this is why people listen, right? Cause they get to get to know like what great leaders are actually driving towards. And I think that's really important. So what, oh, by the way, do you know, do you know my story? You could say no, I'd like on the spot. It's okay. <laughs> I tell me about it a little bit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, writing code since age eight, father was an engineer, taught me to write code. Uh, I'm 31 now, and did wrote code all the way uh, up through high school, ended up getting hit by a car and a wheelchair, spent more time writing code, right? And mm. that's like the positive of the negative situation. And then ended up selling some technology, but still being pretty quiet. And then uh, about you know two years ago, I started writing, doing this blog, which turned, which got really popular, turned into a book. And then now the podcast. But before that, like, I'd say if you were to walk up to me, you know, two and a half, three years ago, I was just incredibly quiet, just writing code. And I knew about, you know, five, seven people. Right. Yeah. And then now I travel the world and speak to like thousands of technologists. And it's just this crazy change that happened in my life. But what I'm finding is, first of all, uh, the reason why I'm so excited is because I think I have like 17 years of the not talking pent up inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, I, I've just, the path has taken me to being super interested in how leaders think and how they grow their teams. But the reward of, of helping other people, whether it's directly on your team or by sharing, uh, that is, you said earlier, we're wired for that. I'm like hardwired for that for sure. Like I get so excited when I get text or uh, LinkedIn's or tweets or messages like, Oh, I heard this from one of your guests and it helped me a lot or anything that positivity has been more energizing than anything I've ever experienced, like growing a team and all of that. It's just, it's, it's like, I couldn't be anything else now. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, you said your father taught you to code at eight. Yeah. Yeah. So he would take me, uh, we were pretty poor. He did freelance stuff on the nights and weekends. And so uh, I had siblings, so he would take me to work to keep, so my mom only had to deal with two kids and I would be a kid. So to keep me busy, he taught me how to like move bits around and memory and like <laughs> search through yeah. tables and do all of this uh, old school computer related stuff. Yeah. That's very cool. Although you, you can't talk to me about old school. <laughs> I, <laughs> I started as a COBOL programmer. So right, yeah. yeah at that. You know, uh, I, I was, this morning I was at the uh, Time 100 um, uh, most influential, uh, 100 most influential summit and Tim Cook was speaking. Really? And he said, um, he said that he believed that every child should learn to code, that it should be the second language of choice. And, uh, and so I, I, I find it interesting that you learned at eight and then now look at what you've, I mean, look at where it's taking you and look at yeah. uh, your, your uh, accomplishment and achievement and, 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 and the future ahead, right? I mean, just, uh, it, I, I think it's owned to something. I'm excited because I feel like I take, I interview people like you, and you share, and then I'm like the in-between. And I found this, um, these little organisms called mycelium. And what they do is they broker nutrients between the deep soil and the roots of trees. So mm. 
tree needs some nutrient, it'll take something in exchange and go down into the lower soil and bring something that it brokers nutrients between. And so I've found like my usefulness in the fact that like, you know, I come interview people like you and then the audience here is and that brings them value. And on the in-between, all of a sudden I became valuable by brokering the knowledge transfer. That's a, that's, yeah, that's amazing. I, 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 no, I forgot where I heard this the other day, but I, they were talking about the most, the, the most powerful uh, or most influential people are the ones that don't just create, don't just expand their network, but they connect networks. I know where it was, Keith Ferrazzi. Um, And we had, uh, we had Keith Ferrazzi come speak to my leadership team. And, uh, and that was one of the things he talked about was the, the, the way you really build teams and make a difference and influence is, is you, is you're not just focused on your network, but other people's networks. And that's exactly, that's exactly what you're doing. It's pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. So, so I'm really excited um, about, about getting to speak to you and all of this stuff. And, but I guess the question that is on the tip of my mind right now is because we're talking about leadership and you have this team under you, I want to know what stands out to you that that's some like a behavior someone would do that would stand out to you that would cause you to invest your time into them. That's a, that's a, that's a good question. I, um, I don't know that I could boil it down to one thing. Um, some of the ones that come to mind immediately is, uh, Curiosity. Uh, I, somebody that's curious that wants to, wants to learn, um, you know, uh, the, the, the leaders I've been able to, to see and work with, whether it was, um, uh, you know, I, Mark, Mark Parker is CEO at, at Nike, Heather Bresch is the CEO at Mylan, uh, Fabrizio here. Um, you know, one thing that they have in common and, and, and I'll, I'll say this particularly about Mark and Heather because their journeys were similar in that they both started at the very bottom of the company and worked their way up over 20, 25 years and were still very effective. You know, a lot of times when you stay in the same company for a long time, it's hard to continue to be innovative, continue to push the boundaries, continue to disrupt your own company. Um, and that's what all three of these great leaders do. It's constant transformation muscle that they've built. Um, but what's behind it is their curiosity. They're lifelong learners. I've never seen people like them that, not just in a specific area, but to, but broadly, and just they, they want to learn more and get more perspectives and more insights. And so when I see that in someone, um, you know, that, that makes me really want to invest because I, I know the potential and the, and the upside. And, um, you know, I, the other thing, I guess, is courage. I, when I see courage, I know some people can do amazing things. We, we, you know, um, you know, it, courage, courage lets you take risk. Courage lets you, it takes courage to maintain your integrity, to be honest. I mean, you know, a lot of times when you're, you, when you're faced with the hard choice to do the right thing, sometimes it takes courage to do that. Sometimes it's easy, but sometimes it takes courage. And so, um, I, I feel like those are two things that, that you can kind of work with and, uh, and, and, and can help you achieve greatness. But. No, that's, I love it. Curiosity and courage. Yeah. So yeah, if you, if you see these traits like happening within people, your mind's like, yeah, maybe I should invest some time into them. Yeah, absolutely. 
how do you how do you currently like grow your executive team or I guess well here's a question from the audience from last week that I haven't gotten an answer for they were wondering like you have your executive team under you um, but how do you prepare that next generation because companies grow and people move and so like how do you prepare the layer under your current layer uh, um, I, a couple a couple of ways um, you know I, I'm a big I'm a big believer in stretch assignments and um, just uh, as, as you identify the that that next that next layer um, give them give them stretch assignments give them an opportunity to do something that's a little bit out of their uh, comfort zone and put them in some in leadership roles. Um, we it, it it works both ways too though. Fabrizio started here a uh, reverse mentor program, which was really to take millennials and and be a mentor to him. And that expanded over the executive group. I have a reverse mentor. A number of my uh, leadership team members have reverse mentors. And so it's an opportunity for, you know, some of those earlier in their career to actually mentor and teach uh, the executives of the company. And I think, as you know, when you mentor somebody, you, as the mentor, you tend to learn more than the mentee does. And so, so I think it's great exposure for them. It's also, it's also super helpful for us as executives and leaders to, to stay in touch with what really matters. We also have millennial advisory board. Uh, one inside of IT, but we have them in, elsewhere inside the company, and those are also opportunities that, that that create that chance for people to to raise up and kind of take on a different level of responsibility. I'm learning a lot. I've never heard of either of those two things, and I like them. They sound like it's how you keep keep everything close when you're separated. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. absolutely. So I assume that uh, the event you were at this morning the yep. top 100 technical influence. You were getting the award for number one, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, this was time times one, uh, um, 100 most influential people. So they have some great speakers. Uh, you know, Tim Cook was there. There was a panel with uh, Eileen Lee from Cowboy Ventures and um, the founder of Bumble and Tyra Banks and uh, Gail King. Um, there was, Jared Kushner was speaking. Nancy Pelosi, uh, Hillary Clinton, um, you know, pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, they had screenwriters and it was a pretty amazing uh, event to get a lot of different perspectives, entertaining and, uh, and insightful. I like it. And it was like a daytime event because usually the, the events that are like all the popular people are at in the evening, like, <laughs> but this is a cool one. Cause it's like business one. Cause I mean, I'm up at like 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. No, they, they they do have a gala tonight, and I, I guess oh, okay. I didn't I didn't make the cut for that. I, <laughs> not at the we, gala. <laughs> so when when are you uh, like? Do you do speaking? You have to do some public speaking. I, I do some. I yeah. do some. So like, what I what type of nervous. topics? You don't get nervous. Yes, I do. <laughs> like, okay. First of all, nervousness is just the feeling of excitement because you're about to change the world. Uh, It'll happen. Anytime you're going to go change the world, you're going to feel a little bit of nervousness because like all the electrons build up on you because the world knows what's going to happen. So you're just excited because you're fixing to uh, share your knowledge and perspective with all of these people. But so like what topics do you typically speak on? Uh, I, I usually will speak on um, uh, importance of culture and innovation. Uh, I will... Uh, 
speak about leadership and uh, I and occasionally about uh, transforming transforming organizations. Are you? Do you have a date when you're speaking next, or you just as as the opportunities come up? Uh, as as the opportunities come up, I, I don't have anything on my calendar now that I'm aware nice. of. So. Let me know when you do. I would love to come hear you speak. Oh wow! I would be uh, I'd be yeah. honored. I'll be I'll I'll bring my crew. Right? There's like three or four of us. We'll make posters. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't be in the first row. We'll be like on row three, so you can like see us, you know, or you know, get a spotlight on it. We'll hold up the posters. Now, yeah. do you prefer uh, Michael or Mike? I, I well, I I get called both. Uh, I, I probably prefer Michael, though. Yeah, you know what I'm finding? I'm finding a lot of Michaels prefer Michael. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just my my research. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So what? What is, as we, as we start to wrap up here, I'm curious to know, like if you, let's say that you're driving down the road. Okay. Let's pretend you have a Tesla. I don't know if you do or not. I, I do not. But okay. You're driving down the road and then in your Tesla and Elon Musk pulls up next to you and he's got a Tesla too, right? I hope so. He's showing off in dog mode and all this stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he invites you over to his house. And so you go over to Elon Musk's house and he's got a time machine. And you go into this time machine and you go back 10 years, right, to your past self and you get to give yourself one piece of advice. What would it be? Uh, make sure you're on that road again that night to, and, uh, so that you meet Elon Musk, first of all. But uh, uh, I, would, I would say enjoy the... Um, enjoy the journey. Uh, you know, I, I, I was, I was fortunate at Nike that as I got more and more responsibility each time they would give me an executive coach and, uh, which I highly recommend by the way, it's, it's great to have somebody, um, give you kind of unabridged, uh, feed feedback and, um, and, and the coach, um, the coach told me, said, you, you know, at, at that point in my career, I was, I was more about, what was next, you know, what was, and I was all about what was next. And, and the coach said, you know, sometimes you just got to stop and enjoy the journey and enjoy and celebrate uh, where you're at. So that it, it would either be that or the, um, you know, know your passion so that you can drive your career around that. I, my favorite quote is um, Andrew Carnegie is my heart is in the work. And um, you know, for, for me, my heart is in the work because it is about building leaders. It is about developing teams. It is about uh, helping the lives of consumers. Uh, it is about innovation. It is about transforming organizations, uh, building great cultures. Um, and that, that's where my passion is. And that's why my heart is in the work. And, and I believe that people can find that. They don't, they don't um, sometimes you say, when you say pursue your passion, people envision it as being, you know, um, this word I'm looking for, um, trivial, I guess, but, 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 but you can do meaning your, your passion can be about really meaningful, impactful things in life. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it was the book grit, uh, where they say that the people who have mastered their crafts, like you don't love it all the time. Like there's no one, like you find something and then you find interest in it and then you work at it and then you kind of hate it, but you developed a little skill at it. So it's somewhat rewarding. That's like the human, we're like programmed, like 
we do the work, we gain a little skill, it kind of is painful, but then we can gain a little more skill and then we can get a little bit more reward out of the work. And if we keep going a mile deep on that skill, then it becomes very rewarding. And then you get into that level of like, you're so good at it, people can't help but to notice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is fantastic conversation, Michael. I really enjoyed it. But next time I'm in New York, I'll uh, ping you, let you know I'm coming through because I travel all around everywhere and uh, maybe stop by, get a tour or something. We, we would love to host you here. It would awesome. be, it would be, it'd be fantastic. Awesome. So, great to speak with you. Great to talk to you, Michael. Have a great day. All right. You too. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to help, please take a moment right now to open up the iTunes app and leave a review of the podcast. If you take a screenshot of the review and text it or email it to a friend who needs to listen to the podcast and then CC me, joel at moderncto.io. If you CC me on the email, I'll send you a copy of the Modern CTO book or give you a shout out on the podcast, whichever you prefer.